Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Joy Marie. And I'm Courtney. And this is Joblux. This is a mini-sode or special episodes, short and sweet, to kind of get you through to mm-hmm. our next full episode. Yeah, and for this one, I'm dipping into the family pool. We always talk yes. about like learning more about like what our friends and our family do. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're a wealth of information you Absolutely. don't even know. So Absolutely. my family, we have a lot of educators in Ooh. my family, lots of teachers. And I think that's a, one of the most if not the most like important profession yeah. in society. Oh my gosh, yeah. And a great teacher makes such a big difference for yeah. people. And I have to say my cousin Shaquan is a great teacher. Really? Yeah, so I called him up and had him talk about nice. Yeah, his passion. Like it truly is his passion. Nice, so. love it. All right. So Mr. Eli, you're currently the principal at Tinley Summit Elementary Academy in Indianapolis, Indiana, right? Uh, actually, as of Friday, I'm the former principal there. I was um, selected for an innovation school fellowship uh-huh. in Indianapolis, and so I have the opportunity to take what I've learned at Tenley uh-huh. uh, for the last, you know, I've been in the network for five years, um, you know, as a coach, as a teacher, as a parent, for an even longer period of time, and... Um, as an administrator for two years and a teacher for two years. And so I get to take that experience, couple of that with my uh, community uh, development experience and um, research for the next 12 to 24 months and develop another school um, that will be, you know, uh, will really be autonomous as far as our uh, level of responsibility. So it's a little bit different, uh-huh. another opportunity and, yeah, it's pretty exciting. That is exciting. Okay, life comes at me fast. We'll shift gears. <laughs> um, I want to get back to the grant, but let's start at the beginning because you're only in your mid-30s, but I know you study pharmacology in school. You have an MBA. Like, where does this passion for education come from? Because I know you haven't taken the most traditional path to be a teacher. I have a convoluted path. Like, it, it, it's not traditional mm-hmm. at all. You know, but my, um, you know, I think back on my parents, like, what influenced me, where would this have, have this scene have been shown? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I got to go back to the family. My dad is one of the most dynamic spiritual teachers that I've ever seen. I grew up watching that skill, you know, uniquely effective and um, a really deep teaching style. And then, you know, our family, my mom, her twin, her husband, and several others in the family are also administrators and right. educators and have been for decades. So, um, you know, these are literally some of the most productive and impactful educators in their communities. And I say that, you know, this is the truth. I'm not just 
biased because they're my family. Like this is these people have made a, a huge impact in their communities, and so um, I, I don't know. As long as I can remember, I've been around it and exposed to great education. I think that's where my passion comes from: is just seeing those educators, and then my natural curiosity, and the fact that I want to be a difference maker. And I look at society, and um, I think I, I could have a, a greater impact on more people at this point in my life through um, through education. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the main areas where we really need some help. So yeah. why wouldn't I throw myself into it? So how did you learn to be a teacher? Great question. How did I learn to be a teacher? Go well, Okay. Well, again, I saw great teachers mm-hmm. teach. And there's something to be said about the environment that we come up in and the experiences and the things that we're exposed to. So I was exposed to that, even though I didn't know what it was. It was just natural, you know, mm-hmm. just what it, what, it, what it was. Um, but I also seek information. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I study how to to have to be influential. You know, and to because what it comes down to. Um, there's a science to this. Like, we can learn everything, right? Yeah. And we learn how to do everything better. And so there's a science to it. So I'm, I'm a natural student. And I think trial and error, you know, watching other examples of teachers and bad teachers alike, mm-hmm. you learn from both both examples. Um, and then, uh, you know, the schooling that I've got, um, now that I've made this my career, uh, that has helped me as well. Mm-hmm. What are like the challenges that are like the what, the biggest challenges that come with being a teacher that people might not expect? I mean, it's it's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's hard work to to uh, have so much pressure on you. You know, you have the pressure of whatever your school body or. Uh, you know, your Department of Education places on you to perform, um, which can mean your livelihood. And then you have what each individual child, you know, you, you have their development on your shoulders. Mm. You're responsible for it. And you have real people. You know, every day is different in education. You, know, you have real people and the kids are coming in um, with whatever it is that is affecting them one way or the other. Yeah. Um, the the teachers, you know, everyone has lives. Um, so it, it's hard work. And to absorb all this energy, you know, from kids all day is it, very draining. Uh, and I don't know if, if people understand the depths of which it is draining mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually, physically, you know, because to really do this work, especially when we're on the front lines, you know, I'm talking about in um, the neighborhoods that need it the most and the communities and the zip codes that um, where the, the disparity that we see is most evident. Yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, you have to be passionate about it. You have to sacrifice an awful lot. I've seen people lose their marriages. I've seen uh, great, great people um, who have children as well. You know, they they pour so much into all the kids that sometimes the relationship between the um, 
the child said is probably most important to that person, which is their own seed, you know, is jeopardized or compromised. Yeah. And I think like to your point about like we have a lot of educators in our family and I don't know if people realize how much work is like outside of the classroom. Like I don't think I see anyone in our family work more <laughs> than like your mom and um, our aunt who are also educators. Like it's so time consuming, which Exactly. For the best educators, it never stops. You have to continually think about how can I get better at this? These kids' lives are at stake. These mm. communities are at stake. That is a lot of pressure for anybody. And so for the great educators, I don't know. They're always seeking opportunities um, to, to get ahead because it doesn't stop. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much I do. There's going to be more for me to do. You said you, you hit the nail on the head because, like, when we get together, you know, it's very special. Our family is, is strong like that. Family means everything to us. And when we get together, those twins... <laughs> are together and they probably both have their their iPads or their computer their school computers out or they're talking about something as a, you know something yeah. in the field for the most I mean even when other when we're around fellowship and stuff I mean they, you know they go in and out in and out and it's really remarkable um, but that's the kind of commitment that we need every educator to have not mm-hmm. just you know a, a few here and there or, or what have you, whatever the percentage is of great educators like those two women, um, we need to make that a higher percentage. So with all those challenges, I wonder, like, how do you, what's your self-care? Like, how do you stay focused, especially when you were still in the classroom, to, like, bring your best for students? Like, how do you stay sane? When I sit down at an interview, that's one of the questions that I ask. Mm. I tell them up front, I have to be transparent. And um, I have to let them know, like, this is uh, uh, this is real. You know what I'm saying? I worked, me personally, I put in at least, you know, even as a teacher, at least on, on, on my best week, I'm putting in 60, 65, 70 hours. A week, so it was about transparency, basically letting them know the grind and um, of this kind of work and what it meant and what kind of sacrifices it meant. Mm-hmm. And it also, the question was, you know, what are you going to do to stay balanced? Because if one of those cogs are out of place, then it can disrupt the whole cart. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen phenomenal educators uh, that burn out. Yeah. And not only do those phenomenal educators burn out, okay, you're not effective if you're not sleeping, right? You know, stress can lead to physiological symptoms. Mm. Um, and, and, it's, and it's really real. So uh, you you have to have your priorities in order as far as what it's going to take for you to stay balanced. And it's different from person to person. For me, I got to get my meditation in. I have to uh, get my exercise in. You know, I have to do that. Um, I have to be with family. I have to have that that time as well. Um, but I also have to be very focused with with my time when I am doing my working so that I can be more uh, efficient mm-hmm. uh, and leverage the time that I spend working because my mind is always going. And I won't lie to you and say that throughout the course of, of my journey here, uh, there was a, you know, it took me to deep 
emotional levels. You know, this is real hard working when you're sleep deprived like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wears on you. And so I would encourage everyone to understand that who are entering uh, education because you're going to have to have that passion. And sometimes with passion, our balance can be offset. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How long were you in the classroom before you shifted to a more administrative role? I did community work first mm-hmm. with music music. Um, I used to help engage kids to take performance. Uh, one of the ladies that we joined uh, an alliance with uh, worked at a college, a local college, um, Marion University in Indianapolis. So we developed, developed a community alliance. And they helped us with our curriculum. And she then she asked and she said, um, you know, would you ever think about being a principal? And at the time, it had never crossed my mind. I liked entrepreneurship. I liked the community work mm-hmm. uh, and that community aspect of it. Um, the schedule worked for me. It was in balance. And um, I decided to do the program. It was an administrative program mm-hmm. because I thought it would help me to understand education more. You know, okay. if I can look at it from an from an administrative perspective, know what the administrators know, um, then that would only help me to develop the program that the community most needed mm-hmm. and that could, you know, fulfill its purpose uh, better. And so did that. And um, from that point, I decided uh, after, you know, consulting my elders and and praying about it, you know, it would make sense for me to understand it from a teaching perspective, too, you know, mm. uh, or uh, even if I wanted to do administration, I would need to definitely teach so that I had that understanding, because there are some administrators out there who have never taught. Wow. And it's hard to relate relate to teachers if you've never been in the classroom and you right. don't know what that grind and, and that is like. So um, that's what took me to education. I actually have my administrator's license before I had my teacher's license in the classroom for for two years before moving to administration. Okay. In those two years, I was at a all-boys school, all-boys middle school. I was one of the inaugural staff members at that school, uh, Tilly Prep Academy, Charles Tilly Prep Academy in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Um, Under the Tilly Schools Network, this network is uh, one of the most dynamic and impactful network for African-American kids in the entire country. Uh, and so I had a group of sixth grade boys and uh, we did some pretty, pretty positive work. I'm really proud of those young men. Mm. From there, I went into administration. So now we're kind of loop back to 
you, the bombshell you dropped on me at the beginning <laughs> with your grant. So I guess you've had an interesting career path anyway, because you started more with community work and then went into education. And I feel like this is kind of a circle back to that. But how did, how and why did you want to in, incorporate research into your career in education? And like, what do you want to accomplish with this grant? Really, that started with just me wanting my children to have leverage when they were in the classroom, mm. you know. So when my daughter, Deja, uh, made, right before she got to, you know, school age, I started doing a lot of research. Plus, I was going back to school, too, you know, and I wanted the same leverage. Mm. You know, how can I remember more and learn better and be a top of my class and do the least effort? You know, to do that, what does that mean? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so that led me to the brain research, which is what I already liked anyway from when I was in undergrad. And I think just continuing to be at the leading edge of the research. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. If, if I can be at the leading edge of the research, then I'm impacting education at the leading edge. Yeah. You know, and that's what I want to do. Uh, there needs to be something done, obviously, you know, especially in the demographic that I've, I've had the privilege of, an honor of serving. You know, that's me. That's just my curiosity, naturally. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that if we're talking about education, or we're talking about learning, right, that's, that's understanding, that's comprehension, that's memory, that's all of that. Well, the organ for that is the brain, and that's what my research is all about, Um uh, I have two more chapters to write in, in my dissertation. And my dissertation is on brain compatibility in African-American males. So I want to know what that looks like. And I'm very curious about, you know, our brains and what's happening when we teach, what's happening when we learn, and what does that mean for engagement. Mm. If we can understand that, then, you know, we can leverage what's happening in the classroom. And that's how we're going to accelerate curriculum and understanding, like, really comprehension and, and understanding, not just this surface, um, low-level thought type cutter education that uh, we see too often. Right. Right. So that's really kind of building on with music, music, your program. It really uses music as a way, as a learning tool. So you're just kind of building on that with the grant. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, you know, music, music... We have music because, you know, it, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, music is music. Everyone loves music and everyone relates to music. Uh, but what music music is built on is neuroscience. Music, music is um, a, it's a sensory uh, way to teach. You mm-hmm. know, we say multi-sensory. So I want the kids to use as much of their senses as possible because when they do that, they use more and more of their brain right mm-hmm. and the more i can link those that th- those sensory connections uh, and inputs then the easier and the better it is for them to make connections um and for them to be able to recall information because more of the brain was engaged during the learning process and, and the review process because that's really important too and so that's why Reciting songs is really easy. Mm-hmm. You know? 
True. Uh, you learn your very first academic work, you know, whether um, it was the ABCs or whatever else, you know, was probably put to a on. Right. So how are you going to apply this research at your school? And what's the name of it, by the way? Ignite Achievement Academy. Okay. And it'll have an accelerated curriculum. And the, the decision and the direction of the school will be largely based upon the real-time information that we're getting uh, and what the brain research suggests will maximize our efforts and uh, help to teach kids on deeper and deeper levels. And that's crazy because it's like the fact that you enjoy being a student is seems to be the driving force of what makes you a good educator. Yeah, also, that's that's one of the things that are, and uh, we're creating the mission now. The, the same partner, uh, Brooke Beavers, who, um, you know, I, I've been able to, to build Tinley Summit, which is the school that we were at this last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it really is a, it's, it's a great situation, you know, to be in and continue to build. And I think our vision is that, not only are we educating them academically, academically, mm-hmm. but this has to be a holistic approach that we take, right? We have to we have to focus on the entire child. Yeah, see, that, yeah, that was about to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to move ahead, um, but uh, in that way, we're creating people who really do value. Education and not just education for education's sake, but they want to know. They're curious about the world and are okay with devoting time to that curiosity and to find out the answers or to follow a, a path or follow a, a dream that you mm-hmm. have. You know, you have to continually learn and learn and learn about that which you are interested in uh, to understand it better and to you know, attracted. So, uh, lifelong learners yeah. is part of our mission for sure. Creating lifelong learners at environments where kids are going to love to come to school, um, are engaged when they get to school, are rewarded for their curiosity and for their questions and, uh, empowered by their mistakes. You know, we have to have a, a community that understands, uh, making mistakes is okay. And it's, a, and it's the way to, to learning on the most basic levels. So we have to focus on socio-emotional health as well. We got to mm-hmm. understand that. We have to understand physical fitness. We have to understand nutritional fitness. Mm-hmm. Whole new paradigm for education. I want to switch the focus a little bit. Um, a lot of our listeners are younger and they're starting out in their career. And I know a lot of people like you um, who are entering education and they haven't their background might not be specifically in education. So what advice do you have to people who are kind of walking into the classroom? Like what skills does a person need um, to be an impactful educator? Skills. Um, You know what? Here's what I think about skills. (laughs) (laughs) Um. A skill set is fine, right? Mm-hmm. We got to develop skill sets, but they can be developed. Mm-hmm. 
And I think you have to have more so uh, a mindset. That's that's what I'm looking for is people with a mindset. That passion that I talked about. Like, yeah. I know you will go to war for these kids, and uh, you you will you will sacrifice what you have to to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like this is the number one profession to me on the planet. We prepare prepare everyone else for their professions. Um, and so, and it's the key to a great civilization is the education. So, I, I'm looking for that kind of passion and mm-hmm. understanding. Um, it can't be a paycheck and great vacation time. You know, you have to truly want it. So, I'm looking for mindset and those people who are willing to sacrifice, who understand the kind of pressure that's going to come with it. I'm, I'm also looking for um, teachers who understand that they have to be scientists, you know, they have to continue to tinker with their own instruction, their own practice, you know, uh, what they're doing in the classroom. They have to understand the value of data-driven instruction. Mm-hmm. So anybody can come into this if they understand these these principles. Um, you know, data-driven instruction, that's going to keep you on your toes and keep your class organic, uh, meaning that the class will evolve because I'm using the real-time data to... Um, decide how I teach next and what I teach next. I'm, I'm kind of using some educational jargon, but for those people who I think are coming to the profession, and I, and I champion that because we need more great people. It, it's a great profession to be in. Um, and hopefully they are coming from outside too because it gives a different lens and a different perspective. But um, to be impactful, we have to also... Uh, make sure that the teachers who are coming in don't limit the kids based on what they look like, where they're from, mm. or, you know, what you feel that they can, they can achieve. Yeah. Um, the kids can't fail. They don't know how to fail. We fail when we think that because they're black, poor, or come from a split or dysfunctional home, or any combination, or all of those, uh, that they're not going to be able to get it. They're not going to be able to learn it. They've got too much against them. Yeah. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. Excuse <laughs> my, my language. But that's... We'll, that's we'll yeah. bleep that. Uh, yeah. I beg your pardon. Uh, but the kids will reach for whatever bar we set, wherever we set it. And the data-driven part allows us to inspect and see where we are and what changes we need to happen. The expectations of excellence, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your people coming in, they got to have a high expectation of excellence, but that's not enough by itself. You have to inspect what we expect. People, mm-hmm. including the kids, don't want or are not going to do what you expect them to do. They're going to do what I track and what I inspect, and that's going to get better incrementally, mm-hmm. right? Um, great teachers have to also... Uh, make the learning relevant to the learner and mm-hmm. the environment that the learner comes from. It's, you know, we have a lot of white middle-class uh, women who are teaching black kids across the country. And I've seen some extremely impactful teachers and administrators and administrators that were white. But the data says that the majority of these relationships between the middle-class women and the African-American subjects uh, is lacking. Mm-hmm maybe because they're unable or unwilling to relate 
but it's not just for white women, right? Anybody, any teacher has to relate uh, and make that uh, experience relevant for the kids, whether that means what's happening in that community or socially or what have you. And it's a brain rule at the end of the day, uh, providing relevance and whatever you're trying to learn, you're going to connect with it a lot more. Great teachers must commit and develop powerful, lasting relationships. Mm. I, I think that's the biggest thing. You got to connect with the children. You know, that that's one of the the reasons why management is a big problem across the country, and in some of these areas that I'm talking about. Um, for those teachers who or people who come into the profession and go into urban communities and teach. Um, if you don't have a relationship with your kids, then chances are you're not going to have great management skills either. And it doesn't matter how well I know what I'm teaching. If my class is off the hook, it's a wrap. There's no education happening. There's no learning happening. It's just a poor culture uh, in the classroom. And so um, those relationships are truly keys to um, moving any group of young people. You know, you got to really love them. You got to really connect with them. You have to understand the neighborhoods, understand the communities, and uh, engage the families as much as possible and become part of that community. And then in order to do that, you have to know the people in that community. Um, And like you said before, at the end of the day, Every teacher in any, really any professional has to continue to be a student of their profession. Because well, I always say, like, I, I can't wait to see what you do next. You're always doing awesome things. I appreciate it. <laughs> and the apple don't fall far. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel the same way about you. Continue to, uh, you know, bless the community and get these issues out. Uh, you know, you're amazing at what you do, and I'm proud of you. Sir. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right guys thanks for hanging with us this week for our little bite-sized edition can't wait to talk to you guys on monday next week that was amazing if you guys have a favorite educator someone who's impacted your life super positively tweet us write us uh leave a comment at jobvlogs.com we'd love to hear yeah and also write them yes that's a hard job It is. Kudos to all the teachers, all the educators. We appreciate you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.